everybody out there. It is Tuesday, February 26th. This is the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Brent Smith. I'm joined today by Michael Miller, and usually we have Daniel Yelverton with us, but we're mixing it up a little bit today, and we actually have our good friend Sean Mann with us. Say hey to everybody, Sean, real hey, quick. Hey, everyone. Thank you. I, I know that can be awkward. I just I want to do that usually just to try to get everybody the sound of your voice so they know who's speaking when. Nice. What's, um, what's weird is he said he introduced me again, and I waved. I'm like, man, you guys, you guys can't. I don't know if you heard a whoosh. You waved to me. It made me feel special. So, <laughs> But uh, anyway, Daniel's birthday was a few days back, and he is taking a break from the podcast today uh, to kind of celebrate that. So anyway, we are actually joined. We are blessed, actually, by um, having Sean Mann here today with us. He is, a, um, like I said, a good friend of ours. He's on our worship team, a uh, member of the church here, and... Um, it's just good to have him in. He's actually coming in, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of songwriting later today. As you yeah. guys know, I'm the worship leader here, and um, we're starting, Sean and I are kind of starting to try to head up a little bit of a worship ministry uh, songwriting thing. So uh, anyway, good. we're excited to get to that today, I'm, too. I'm but. disappointed, though, now, because we have songwriters and musicians, and we're celebrating Daniel's belated birthday, <laughs> and nobody's singing. You, you ha- we have to. Come on. Come. You want to sing happy birthday yeah. to Daniel? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daniel. Happy birthday to you. I'm sorry that I ruined that because I'm, I'm the Turn, non-singer here, but you know. Turned into like a barbershop trio there Come for on. a second at the end. Um, anyway, happy birthday, Daniel. We hope that you are having a good day. Um, so guys, today, just to jump into it, we are on Luke 8. Um, last week, we moved out of the book of Mark into the book of Luke in chapter 1. Now we're on Luke 8. And I know, Michael, I've heard you say a couple times as we've been talking about this today and setting up, there's a ton of stuff in here. Oh my goodness. So yeah. what's the deal? What's going on here? I mean, we've got a ton of stuff. <laughs> I mean, the cool, the cool thing is ESV has these little headings that help you. So we have women accompanying Jesus, and we'll talk about that. We have this parable of the sower. We have the parable of, uh, the, we have the purpose of parables that tells us, you know, the reason why Jesus speaks in parables. Um, we have the whole hiding your, <laughs> hiding your light under a bushel. Yeah. That's another song that we're not going to sing. And uh, we have Jesus talking about his mother and his brothers and how, you know, how his disciples are, you know, the people that follow him are now his mother and his brothers. And yeah, um, we, we have that, that crazy story of, of Jesus calming the storm and he's healing, uh, taking out demons, um, hearing, you know, healing people from death, just craziness. Yeah. So there's really not much in here is what you're no, saying. We, I was just saying we could, we could preach like five hour long sermons <laughs> just out of, out of the one chapter today. So yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can rock and roll and get through, right? Yeah. And you know, um, I was listening to this on the Dwell app actually this morning on the way in, doing a little bit of prep and stuff. And um, it gets interesting to me around this time because as we are in these parts of the New Testament, you kind of end up on the same subject material multiple times. Like yeah. I think we just discussed this in Mark or in Matthew or something like that before. So some of this stuff anyway. So um my stress begins like, man, we got to get a different take on this this time or else we're going to do a repeat you know of the what, last though, there's, podcast. There's little and, tiny things yeah. that that just you know, come to the surface when, when you read it over and over again. And I, and I don't know about you, but I'm finding some new tiny things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed, I not noticed, but I think it's good too to have uh, Sean here with us with a little yeah. bit of a take on it too. A little bit of a different take to maybe take, in a, uh, mm-hmm. take us in some different directions. So anyway, um, unless you guys have anything else, we'll go ahead and jump into... The scripture. Do you have anything? I'm good. Okay. All right. So this is going to be Luke 8 from the Dwell app. Again, I just want to uh, throw a little thank you out there to the Dwell app for giving us permission each week to use them. Uh, it saves us having to read through it awkwardly and oh, have yeah. about 1,500 edits within the <laughs> podcast where we stumbled and messed up. So thank you, Dwell app. You, you you save us a ton of time, but you also are an awesome, awesome company and an awesome app. So thanks for giving us permission. So anyway, cool. this is Luke 8 from the Dwell app. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. 
And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew, and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? 
And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any more. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him, except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, And she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Okay, guys, that's Luke 8 today out of the Dwell app. Um, Like we said, a ton of stuff in there, really long chapter. Um, so what do you guys want to get to? I got something. (laughs) You know, I got something. So the, what stands out to me in this chapter is something that I think 
I skip over a lot, which is the very beginning, because all these mm. parables and all this stuff is really exciting, right? But when we get to the first couple of verses, you realize that Jesus was financed. Huh. Like, I never thought of that. Jesus was financed. And so I think we like to picture Jesus the way we want to picture Jesus. Like, I like my eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus, you know, <laughs> sitting there with his little Einstein, you know, yeah. but like Jesus, he is who he is. And we'd like to think of him being like this, this poor nomad that has a dirty face and just the poor servant, servant, you know, Messiah, which he was the servant Messiah. Don't get me wrong. But, but they did have some financial backing. Mm-hmm. And what I find really interesting about that is not just that he had financial backing. It's that they were all women. Hmm. Now, in 2019 here, like, okay, cool. He had women financing him. Not a big deal. Yeah, let's go back 2,000 years and talk about that. Yeah. And the fact that not only did he do that, that it was recorded, that Luke recorded that. So that must have been important. Like, how revolutionary is that? That, I mean, <laughs> I, I had a period of unemployment and my wife still makes more money than I do. Yeah, same right? here. And so, and so, like in our culture, people look down on me because my wife makes more than me because I'm a man. Hmm. But Jesus Himself was supported by women, which, like, well, I guess my point is, like, even in today's culture, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that He uses women to support him just shows the, the equality that Jesus would have thought with women. And, and like when we see Jesus, you know, freeing women from, from, uh, you know, being stoned from adultery. And, and we see Jesus when he meets that woman at the well, like all these countercultural things that he does. Yeah. Right. And he has a prostitute that's basically putting perfume on his feet and guys are like, dude, what are you doing? Right. Right. Yeah. But like, wow. What Jesus, how Jesus views women is revolutionary. And I think that we should, we should ponder that, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I don't know, at the beginning of this chapter, I just saw that and that just blew my mind. Yeah. No, it definitely sets an example, but I've always looked at it like, one, you know, he's God. These are his children. You treat your children, hopefully, better than you treat the average person, mm-hmm. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't, but you probably do. True. Mm-hmm. But then also, I would imagine that, you know, he doesn't see them as men and women as much as just other spirits that are that are part of his body and his children yeah Yeah. so so yeah it's amazing to me that um it was such a big deal and it still is such a big deal in some ways because really it shouldn't matter you know what i mean there are differences in genders and stuff our physical bodies and stuff like that but it really really shouldn't matter but um yeah that's interesting and i've never heard anybody talk about that either so if that would have been so controversial i wonder if um that was something that the pharisees knew about because they were always trying to call him out on everything so it's interesting to me i'd never heard about that really until today Mm -hmm. i'm sure they would have i mean we may not have that particular Mm -hmm. part in scripture but they called him out for everything so you know (laughs) they were that was probably added to the list of things you know i saw a, a meme the other day which cracked me up and it was a picture of Jesus, and it was like each thing that you saw him, he got a little bit closer and a little bit closer, hmm. and it said, it's the Sabbath, and then a little bit closer, sure would be be a problem if I healed somebody <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on the Sabbath. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crag me up. <laughs> and that's what he did. He, he was yeah. countercultural that way. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just I, gives you a different context on it, a different look at it. You know, like, hmm, really, guys. Hmm. You know, what's funny as as we continue to read this stuff, this is going to sound really stupid, but man, I like Jesus. <laughs> like, like this guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good for you. This guy. I mean, Jesus is awesome. I mean, this the the way that he goes about stuff and the way that he just changes everybody's view on things and just blows people's minds. I. I how do you not love it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've told people before, you know, even if you're an atheist and you just read this the historical accounts of who Jesus is, I mean, phil- philosophically, he's a guy to follow. Yeah. Even if you don't believe yeah. that he's God, he's just a, an amazing, yeah, I amazing, I hate, I hate using the word person, but you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a man, he was a person, so that's okay, but it does feel strange to call God a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I really... Um, really stuck out to me a little bit in here. I I just, I, I can't help but feel like I'm supposed to speak on things when 
they end up in the conversation or in the reading for the podcast today, right when I just, something popped up about it this morning or yesterday or something recent. But um, it was talking about how Mary Magdalene had had seven demons come out of her. Um, And then later it talks about where he cast the demon out and they go into the pigs and they run down and drown themselves, you know. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. One, I always forget that there were like seven demons that come out of Mary Magdalene. I always forget about that. I know that she was a prostitute, correct? And, yeah. and you know, had, had some things going on, but I always forget that mm-hmm. there were that many in her. And then the guy that the demons come out of, he says, I'm legion because he had so many inside of him. Yes. But this guy, this pastor that popped up um, on my feed or something like that, yet last night was speaking about that exact thing where he was casting the demons out and they went into the pigs. He tied it into addiction, people with addictions. And he yeah. said, People with addictions, they have these things living inside of them, these demons, and they have to have a vessel to be inside of, to be in our realm, I guess, on earth, um, in this physical space. And so when he cast them out, that's why they had to go into the pigs. Right. And I've always wondered why, if they got into the pigs, why they went and killed themselves after that. Mm Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Enlighten us with your wisdom. That's a good question, man. I don't know. Um, but I've always wondered that because it's like they got cast out of that guy and they needed to be in a vessel, so they got put into the pigs, but then they went and killed themselves. So, and then what's the point of being and in the pigs? Where do, where do they go? But there's something to that. I know that there is or else it wouldn't be included. But anyway, so if you know that, if you're listening, please contact us and let us know. But uh, the guy was talking about addictions and he said that, um, you know, there's there's something about people who are addicted to, to drugs and and sex and all this different stuff where it's just something that's inside of you. It's these demons that are inside of you that you don't know. So you can go through all the steps and you can you can try to change your behavior, but the reason that so many people go back to it so often is in and they don't really get over this is because there has to be a spiritual change inside of you yeah. too. There has to be a shift inside of you to where these demons are cast out of you because if they're not you can change your behavior and fight really hard against it mm-hmm. for a while, but then you're just going to be drawn right back to it eventually. Without you're that. finally going to give in and keep relapsing back into that behavior. But then when there's a spiritual change mm-hmm. and when those demons are actually cast out of you, that's when you can finally get past it. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, the um, anybody, anybody have any thoughts about the, um, the parable of the sower? Because, I mean, this is, this is one of the parables that Jesus actually explains, but... I'm just curious, what do, you, what do you all think about it? I don't know. I, I really like this parable, but I always kind of tie it into the uh, parable of the tares and the chaff or yeah, whatever it is yeah. um, as well. But uh, I really like this one because it speaks to, it speaks to people who, um, well, if they understand, if they have ears to hear, right, is what he Let says. Let them hear. <laughs> but um, I really like this parable because it speaks about where you need to be really for your faith and for your connection with Jesus to really stick. It shows you the kind of the pitfalls and the things that you need to avoid to be able to be the seeds that are planted on the, on the good earth, on the good soil. Um, so yeah, that's why I like it. Sean, you got anything on that? No, I, I agree with you, Brent. The, the interesting thing is people, people argue with this one about um, the security of salvation versus not. Yeah. And that's what I was curious about because some people would say that that you know, some of these folks that that the um, the seeds are on the rock mm-hmm. that you know, they can start and then they stop. Like some people are like, well, you can get saved and you can lose your salvation. And it's just an interesting thing because there's lots of there's different there's conf- not conflicting. There's just different thoughts in that. I was just curious about what you guys you know what you all thought on that. Yeah, I mean, to me. I was thinking about it because typically when you read these things and when you listen to these conversations, you kind of put yourself, you compare yourself, like, where am I? What am I doing? And I just felt really blessed to be where I am and to be among, you know, like the the ones that I thought about were the ones that are among the thorns because like the cares of the world and money and all that different stuff. And I imagine too, probably people that you surround yourself with these thorns that are constantly choking out your spirituality because they're not someone who's pouring into it or something that's pouring into it. Instead, it's choking it out. It's making you focus more on the world than on the heavenly realms and what you're supposed to be doing. So for me, I was thinking like, man, you know, the reason that a lot of these failed is because they were never able to put in roots into the ground. And 
I just feel really blessed in my situation because I'm here now and I'm surrounded by all yeah. of you guys. And, yeah. and it's so, it brings, you know, one thing that Daniel could have spoke on today is it, it really brought to me the importance of community, Christian community, surrounding yourself with other believers so that there are people who are pouring into you and not people that are thorns Absolutely. that are choking mm-hmm. out your spirituality and, and um, making you question everything all the time. And I know, know Daniel, what he would have advertised is, is small groups. Yeah, we're in our 10-week so, ten, ten small yeah, group time. So we're at the beginning of it, so if, if you are, um, <laughs> if you haven't got in one, hurry up and get in one because this is good stuff when you get into a small group. Yeah, and I'll throw something out there to you guys too that are listening, at least the people that are involved here at our church, at Elevation Community Church. Um, something that we're doing with our family group that we have, my wife and I, I reached out to our family group recently and I said, hey, during this 10-week period, um, we'd like to put our regular family group on hold and give you guys the opportunity to go out and get involved in other groups and experience different um, atmospheres, different conversations, different perspectives, things like that. So, um, you know, that I'll challenge you guys to do that too. If you have a regular group through this time, I, I don't say you have to do this, but I yeah. think it could be good for spiritual growth for people, also for people just to get to know other people within the church, within the body, um, to get out and maybe just use this time to experiment a little bit and try some different groups. We have a family group, maybe go get involved in a gender-based group, you know, meet with some guys sure. on Saturday morning and have a Bible study or with, you know, women or, um, they have, uh, couples groups where it's not family, it's just man and wife or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of different options out there. So maybe take this time and, and try to explore a little bit. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the reason why I, I was prompting you guys and asking you about that is because I really wanted to talk about the lamp under the jar thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in, maybe this confused other people too, but is it, are there some translations where say under a basket and then this one says under a jar because when I heard the translation of under a jar, it, it kind of sounded well. A strange it's also to me. it's also as we talked earlier how they're the different accounts from the different gospels. Yeah, so yeah. that's true. That's but true. The, the, what I wanted to highlight um, is the actual means since it's only a metaphor. We, I think we yeah. should catch the metaphor, not the actual you know nouns that he's using. Yeah, and in fact, I, I was thinking you know today, if Jesus was speaking to an audience today. You know what would he use? Mm-hmm. Would, it, would he say a lamp and a jar and all this stuff? And, and I was thinking, you know, so trying to think outside the box, I thought, well, maybe he would think of like a, a runner and his reflective gear and reflecting light of Christ. And, and and I could talk about that later. But what I what I come and, and realize is there's something about fire. You know, mm-hmm. Brent Brent lights a, a candle in here, uh, so it smells real good. I, I, can you guys all smell it? And, you know, <laughs> On the pocket, it's but, not smell a vision. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I'm waving. Smodcast. You know, I, I wave at the beginning, and now I'm talking about how great it smells in here. But, but no, I mean, I think I think Jesus may have used still a can, a, a lamp or a candle in today. And here's why: because yeah. I was talking with Sean earlier. I think a lot of times um, we use like Christian language, yeah, and and like let the light of Jesus shine in you. Well, what does that mean? And and I was realizing. Light, we use light to see. What what are we wanting people to see with the light of Christ? We're wanting them to see Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we let people see Jesus in us? How can we be that light? Well, it's the Holy Spirit lit on fire in us. So I think that this metaphor of of an actual candle or a lamp that has real fire, I think that's the best representation because the Holy Spirit is like lighting a fire in you. Mm, That it's in you. Because you and me light candles. If you just sit a candle on a shelf, it can do nothing until it's lit on fire. That's it. So we need the Holy Spirit. And see, the thing is, this this fire, this Holy Spirit in us, sure, it produces light. But you know what the problem is? Like, light is producing fruit, right? This light, the way that people see Jesus in us is by what we do. Mm Mm-hmm. But here, there's one problem. I don't want to. <laughs> so, so what makes us want? What about the Holy Spirit makes us yeah. want to do good things? Yeah. This is why I like this fire thing, because a fire not only produces light, but it produces heat. Mm-hmm. Heat, like, like a warm hug, right? It, like, <laughs> like that warmth. that you, yes, like When you passion. think about relationships, you think passion, you think warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit produces love in you. You know, the John says in, in a couple of different times that God is love and that if you don't have love, that you don't have God. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit do, does. It produces love in you. It produces that desire to help others. So that it, so, so the Holy Spirit produces warmth, and, it, and because it produces warmth, you can produce light. And why well, I mentioned the, the, the 
beautiful smells that we have in here <laughs> is that maybe they didn't have scented candles with with uh, essential oils and craziness in <laughs> Jesus day. Um, today we do. And you know what else this this candle can do? It can present a pleasing fragrance. Now, hmm. if we have the Holy Spirit and we produce that fruit, it can produce a pleasing fragrance right. to the Lord. And you know what else? That relationship with the Spirit, that 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 same kind of fragrance, it produces worship in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We, we we have so much joy because of our relationship with God. Of course, we're going to praise Him. So I think that <laughs> I don't want to speak for Jesus, <laughs> but I can imagine if he was sitting here today, he'd be talking about this candle that I'm staring at that 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 produces this fragrance, it produces this heat, and it produces this light. And the idea is don't hide that. Yeah. Show people Jesus, love them, and worship. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to explain it too. Because I think I think people do they get lost in the church talk a little bit, you know. Um, especially like, you know, if we're talking about the reason of the parables and things like that, like that same thing, it's, it's all tied in together where those who have ears to hear will hear and those who have eyes to see will see. And I think that one of the things that I love about this podcast is that I think we try to do a really good job. I hope we do a really good job at helping break things down for people that might be new Christians, um, and might not have as much of an understanding of what a lot of this lingo and terminology means, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, that's one thing that I feel is a big purpose of mine on this podcast is to kind of think about those moments and say, Hey, wait a minute, we live this life every day. You know, we're in ministry, we're in worship and things like that. But remember when you were new that these words would come up Mm -hmm. and you'd be like, wait a minute, what? I don't, I don't get that. And instead of just glazing past it, let's stop for a minute, focus on that word and help explain to people what that means so that they're actually growing and understanding what it is we're talking about here. Um, and getting, the full effect of God's word instead of missing some of these pieces, you know? True. Yeah. And that reminds me of something that you talked about earlier, since you're talking about church words. Um, and this one, this one is more of a question than an answer. Yeah. And I'm not sure if this is something that we can know, but we, we see, and you started to talk about this a bit earlier, we t- about demons. Mm-hmm. Obviously I believe that demons are a thing, right? But what, one thing that I wonder is, you know, 2,000 years ago, what things were demons and what things were mental health problems? Mm-hmm. So, like, like, did they call those things demons? Like, for example, um, like we were talking about the flu earlier. Mm-hmm. There are several strands of the flu, mm-hmm. but we call it the flu. We call it one thing, though there's several different things. I wonder with, like, mental health and demons, I wonder if in that time they were categorized as the same thing if there's some differences. I wonder if there are times when we see in a biblical record that they were cast out demons, but what Jesus actually did was heal them of their mental illnesses, but they didn't have language for that at mm-hmm. the time. And, and I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. uh, um, what do you guys think? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I've always thought that too. And that's how I've always thought of that, you know, that, I don't know, times were different then than what they are now, what we see today, so... I mean, yeah. I mean, Mary may have had like two demons and yeah. five mental health issues. <laughs> exactly. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's all perspective, you know. It, it's all, like we said, you know, like you just said, Sean, it's all based on their understanding of things back then. Um, I would hope that we understand things a little bit better today with, with certain things. Mm. Maybe we don't. Maybe they were right and we're wrong. I don't know. But right. um, it's a matter of perspective, yeah, I think, too. So um, it's interesting to me. Uh, where I was just on something else here a second ago. Yeah, that was my fault. I got you all sidetracked. No, 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 you're good. Um <laughs> We actually never finished talking about um, the parable. With yeah. uh, you were talking about salvation, I got I got a little excited. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how deep we should go into that on here, but um, I will kind of finish up what I was saying. Like I'm glad I'm glad that I have that God's put me in the position that I'm in, so that my roots are growing deeper. So yeah. that when challenges do come up, when these other things come up, that it talks about these other seeds that weren't planted on solid on solid ground. Uh, when these other things in the world come up, that I'm able to. Um, have roots in him and stay strong in that. Now, when it comes to being able to lose your salvation, I don't know. My, my guess, my take on that would be maybe those people were along the lines, like they were growing into it, but they hadn't really accepted Christ yet, or they hadn't reached that level to where it can go away. I don't know. Now, What's I your know, Sean, on that? you come from a different you know, background too. What, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? And it's not, not, for our listeners, look, we're not trying to argue. I'm just, <laughs> just, because keep in mind, 
I know that our listeners, there's there's tons of different beliefs, and it's yeah. okay. We're just and, curious of, of you know what yeah, you and we're, think. And we're not trying to uh, convince you of one thing or another. No. We're just having a conversation and letting you know yeah. that there are viewpoints and there are, you know, you, you can discuss this and it's okay. Yeah, I, I you know, and on, on my thoughts on salvation as far as, you know, can we lose it? Can we lose our salvation? I, I think we can walk away from our salvation, you know, um, I know that, you know, God's love is always for us, you know, that nothing, in, in, in Romans it says nothing, you know, in, in, in all the earth or under the earth or whatever can, could ever separate us from God's love. Um, but when it comes to salvation, I believe that we can choose to walk away, choose to not follow Christ, choose to not um, listen to him. As a matter of fact, here in, in Luke 8, chapter 18, it says, uh, in, in the NLT version, it says, so pay attention to how you hear you know, and, and I just, I've been just, as we've been talking, I've, I've kind of stopped right there. So pay, so pay attention to how you hear, not just that we're hearing, but how we hear what's being spoken right. to us. You know, I yeah. just think it's real important. It's real important. And, and just to, and just to provide some uh, agreement, you know, cause, cause this is something that I've had to study in seminary too. There's, and I'll be short, Brent. I know you're probably looking at your watch like, Oh no, here's my, <laughs> no but, but like we have, not um, yet. <laughs> we have, uh, I mean, I always say it wrong, but like mm-hmm. Armenianism and Calvinism. Um, and what's funny is, is Armenianism is where like Nazarenes come from and, and Methodists and such. And they, and they, they value free will and the idea that you can walk away from your salvation and Calvinists, they, they're hardcore about pre predestination and about how, you know, that your salvation is held by God, not by you. So, th- so there's that, that difference, but something I think is interesting that they both have in common Let's say that you have this salvation experience. You go in front of the, an altar, you repeat after me, you say the sinner's prayer, and you go on, right? Fast forward five years, and you're doing whatever you want to do. You're living life as if there was no change. A Nazarene would say, well, yeah, may say, well, yeah, he was saved, but he walked away from his salvation. He's mm-hmm. lost his salvation. A Baptist or you know, a Calvinist may say, well, no, he just, that was never a true experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it must not have took. <laughs> like he must not <laughs> Try have, again. You know, he must not have meant it. It must have been for show. It must have been for the wrong reasons. It must not have been real. Therefore, he's not saved. But, but both, at the end of the day, would have the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. That that person that is not living the way that they should live um, doesn't have, is not saved. So I think that's I think that's interesting mm-hmm. how we fuss and we fight about some of these little things that cause major schisms in, in churches, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and it just there's been so many experiences that I've had and so many conversations that I've been a part of that do nothing but drive home to me. Focus on the big picture of who Jesus was and what He brought in the gospel that He taught to us. You know. Quit worrying about the little details all the time. Quit letting that cause division between you and other brothers and sisters of yours that we're supposed to come together. And and in the end, it should all just be stripped back to what Jesus taught us. Yeah. It really should. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what the Pharisees were doing? They were doing just (laughs) that, weren't they? Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, all the details. And and forgive me for being the weird guy, but I think that, that Christians, maybe we should seek out more agreement Mm-hmm. Then we seek out disagreements because yeah. there, <laughs> I believe that Satan is real. We can argue about that too, mm-hmm. right? But I believe that Satan is real, mm-hmm. and I believe that there's really this enemy that is trying to to squash our message, and he's doing a fantastic right. job. Absolutely, yeah. he's got because a lot fuss, of tools and toys, man. Because because the fact that we fuss and fight with the church across the street, we don't do that here. We act, we literally we have a church basically just down the road, and we're we're actually partnered together with things. But 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 we tend to do that. We tend to fuss and fight yeah. over the over the churches across the street, and and I think that is Satan is happy with oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah, just loving it. Yeah. yeah, and I've I've talked about it many times on here. I mean, some of the biggest problems that people have with faith, with religion, is that it divides people, and it, it you know that's one of the biggest arguments is well, yeah, your your faith has killed more people than whatever you know. It's caused all these wars mm-hmm. and all these different things. No, our faith hasn't caused that. Jesus didn't cause that. People arguing yeah. about the details caused that. Yeah, we are our and, own worst enemies. That's and for you sure. know that's where you get you know 
I guess it's the worst look at it, but that's where you get different denominations, where you get Lutheranism, Calvinism, because a man took it and said, this is how you're supposed to do it, mm-hmm. and people took it at his word and s- started making things black and white according to what he said yeah. instead of according to what Jesus said. Yeah, exactly. I imagine I imagine both Jesus and Paul mm. with the, doing the, the, what was it called, where you put your hand on your... Oh, this! Here's another sound effect for you guys. <laughs> He's smacking his forehead. The, the the face palm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When like, oh my goodness, you guys, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you. I, I give you, I give you the way. You know, <laughs> and you guys, you guys decide to make it like fourteen thousand ways. Actually, having done research because that's my life, there are forty thousand yeah Christian denominations. Four zero. That was not a a mistake. Wow. Forty, not four thousand, not forty, but forty thousand. Yeah, Christian schisms. Yeah, denominations. Wow, I you've got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. Wow. And I, I imagine again, Jesus and Paul both are face palming like these just, people. Just makes you, act, you know, makes it raises a question like, okay, is you know, is, is the religion, you know, the forty thousand? Wow, I'm just blown away by that. So, are we making, are we sculpting this Jesus? Or are we allowing this Jesus to sculpt us? Oh, man. Be, you know, there's 40,000. Wow. Yeah. Preach it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've talked about it on here before. Like, one of my proudest moments, but it was also one of my most naive and probably dumbest moments, was when I was in Northern Ireland. There's, that's, that's what happened over there. Yeah. Uh, Protestants mm-hmm. and Catholics, they decided that you were supposed to worship and, and uh, you know talk about God this way, and you were supposed to worship and talk about God this way, and no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, and they started killing each other yeah. over it. Wow. And it caused a division that still lasts today. That's why there's an Ireland, and then there's a Northern Ireland, and Northern Ireland is under the rule of Britain. And there's a wall, right? Uh, there's the not actually a wall there. No. Um, I think there may have been in some places at the time, uh, or in an earlier time, but... Um, but there's definitely a division there. There's a border there for sure. Um, so we went over there for me to play a concert in 2010, and I was new to my faith and, you know, excited and ready to go mm. share, you know, and they had me come and sing some songs in some of these different churches around outside of the concert that I played and had me speak a little bit, and they tried to get my view on stuff or whatever, and I was like, okay, God, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to tell them is. what I think, you know, oh, and I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, that could have been really dangerous. <laughs> Anybody walking out holding their, holding their <laughs> no, ears? <laughs> no, and everybody seemed welcoming and friendly That's and stuff, awesome. but, but that was my big thing was that I had such a clear view at that time of like, it's not about the arguments over what one guy said compared to another. Let's strip all that back and get back to Jesus. Amen. Let's get back to the word of God yeah. that we have in the Bible um, that Jesus gave to us, and let's focus on those things. Yep. Yeah, I love what Paul says in Romans. And, you know, you can take the, all of these Ten Commandments, sum them up into this one, love your neighbors yourself. Yep. You know, and I think that's the, I think that's the answer. I think that's the ticket to, um, to a successful uh, spiritual life. I believe it's funny. All all this stuff that you learn in seminary, like I feel so cheap now because <laughs> because I finally figured it out. I'm, I'm not saying I got it all, but like I figured that it's not about all the classes that I took. It's not about all the complex stuff. That that's just details. Let me tell you what it is, Brent. Sure. Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life, and he preached wise things, mm-hmm. and. One of the things he basically claimed was he was God. Then he suffered, and he died, and he rose again, proving his claims that, yeah, he was God. Yeah. And also, not like he didn't have the right before, but it kind of doubles that right to forgive <laughs> sins, right? Yeah. So, so Jesus can forgive sins, and basically he just simply says that if you ask, he will. Yeah. And, and exactly. because of that, we can have salvation. If you only call upon the name of the Lord, you can be saved. He can forgive you of your sin, and guess what? You can go to heaven. Yeah. And then the next thing, so that's that's important thing number one, and there's only two important things. Number two is that Jesus says to do nice things to people, to love people. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what Christian the Christian faith really is. Yeah. yeah. At its core. Yeah. We we you know <laughs> we pollute it and do all kinds of crazy things with it, but at its core, that is the message. Yeah. Accept Christ as your Savior. And be good to one another. Yes. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. Where's, right. where's the it, mic? Can I drop it? And, it's, <laughs> and that's interesting. I mean, that because that's always kind of boggling me that, you know, the world will want to push that away. And it's like, okay, you know, 
don't teach my kids, you know, about Jesus. Don't teach my kids about, you know, really the, what you just said. I mean, that's, that's the core right there. Be good to others. I mean, what's wrong with no. sharing that to the yeah. world? Why wouldn't the world accept that? And why alone? did we mess it up? Right. Why yeah. are Christians so mean? <laughs> I know. Really? Yeah. We are some, some, no, I, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. Yeah. But some of us are the worst, meanest, most hateful people on the planet. And I'm like, how did we miss the whole mm. message? I, ble- I believe Jesus is asking the same question. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, and not all it. of us, okay? I'm not. No, definitely not. I don't not. mean to right. paint with a broad brush because some of the best people I've ever met, you know, love Jesus too. Yeah, definitely not. But you have to look at facts too. I mean, there is a reason that the church is looked on in such a negative way by so many people who aren't part of the faith. Yeah. They see it from the outside, and they yeah. see a lot of a lo- lot of what you were talking about. Yeah, vitriol, definitely. and I hate to use the word closed-mindedness because that's not exactly what I mean, but hardened hearts, maybe, yeah. is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that's a good place to leave this podcast today is just the basics of our faith, knowing what it is. Just accept Jesus for who he is and accept him into your life mm. and be good to people. And take that, be good to people, take that to heart. Um, because the, you know, what is it? You can draw... Uh, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink? Yeah, or yeah. like flies <laughs> with honey or whatever it is. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean? Like you're not going to draw people to the faith, which is our main charge yeah. as believers is to share Jesus with the world so that everyone knows him, so that everyone can be saved and mm-hmm. be with him in eternity. And you're not going to do that by calling them names and by pushing them farther away. Absolutely. You know, our hearts are to be soft and open, not hardened. Could you imagine a salesman that knocked on your door to sell you a vacuum cleaner and just told you how dirty your house was <laughs> and just like yelled at you about how like, I can't believe you don't have a good vacuum cleaner. What is wrong with yeah. you? So he You're stopped dirty. by your house too then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, get Stop out of my house, dude. <laughs> you know, we, we're not going to reach people for, for Christ if we if we treat people like a, like that salesman. Yeah. Mm. I, I One little story real quick to kind of give you a good perspective on that that I love. So do you guys know who uh, Penn Gillette is? Yeah. The magician? Yes. He's, an, oh, yeah. he's an atheist. Yeah. A very, yeah, very staunch atheist. Um, but he's somebody that he doesn't have a, like vitriol towards yes. Christianity. He just doesn't believe sure. it. But you can still have a good conversation with him. You can talk to him. He's a wonderful person. And he told mm-hmm. me one time, um, he said that there was somebody that came to his show that was a Christian that knew he was an atheist and felt like they were supposed to come to him and give him a Bible. And um, just lovingly say, hey, here's the Bible. Please read it. I know you're an atheist. Um, God wants to know you kind of thing, you know. And um, they came up to him, and then they changed their mind at the last second or something like that. I don't remember exactly how the story goes. But he went and got the guy, and he was like, what, you know, what's going on? And he was like, well, and he told him what he did. And he said, are you serious? He was like, "Whether, whether we believe the same thing or not, you believe it. And if you believe that my salvation and my relationship with God is the most important thing that could ever happen to me. Even though I don't believe it, I want you to come share it with me because why wouldn't you, if you believe that is the most important thing and it is the best thing that could ever be done for me. So, um, go out there lovingly, but share it with people, you know, share it with people. So anyway, um, (laughs) anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up here. I'll pray today to close us out. Um, so here we go. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time as always. I thank you for this time with uh, my brothers. Uh, please bless Daniel while he's away. Uh, but thank you, God, for letting us, Sean be here with us today, for us to get his perspective and have him be a part of this conversation. Um, it's always wonderful to have parts of our family that aren't usually on this podcast be able to come here and be with us today and take part in the conversation. But God, we just asked you to, um, to bless the listeners uh, who are listening to this today, God, and who will listen to this in the future. Uh, just be with them and soften their hearts, God. Mm. Help this conversation and help who you are moving through other people and moving in them to open their eyes, open their hearts, open their ears to the world, and to let them focus on the basics of what we talked about today. The basics of who you are, what you did, the love that you have for us, the sacrifice that you paid for us, that you were willing to, to sacrifice so that we could be reconciled with you and be able to spend eternity with God. Um, for people just to accept who you are and accept you as their Savior into their lives, and then to go out and live your greatest commandment, to go out and love others as you would love yourself. That's it, God. So please let let that be the, the message that people take from this podcast today. Let that be the message that, that 
burrows into their hearts and begins to soften any hardness that might be there so that they can go out into the world and be as effective as possible, a priest, an ambassador for your kingdom. Because in the end, we do believe, the three of us sitting here today, we do wholeheartedly, 100%, with all of our being, believe that you are who you say you are. And why wouldn't we want other people to know that and to go and share that with the world? It's the most important thing to us. So let's take that to the world. So God, let that be our charge today. We just lift you up and we thank you for who you are and for all that you do, your love that you have for us. And we just hope that we can return that love to you, God. In your name we pray. Thank you. Amen. 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 All right, guys, that wraps us up for yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Once again, Sean, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back, just let us know. Uh, Michael, as always, thanks for being here and being a part of this with me. My pleasure. All right. So you guys, take that charge. Go out and love people in the world, man. Have a soft heart. Show them who Jesus is because it's that important and it's what we're called to do. So until we talk to you again next week, we hope that you are safe and protected out there and we will see you then. Have a great week, guys.